Hello, and welcome to a live stream edition of the Big D Podcast. Before we uh, really get started, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page where you can not only see this interview, but Hello, and but see all but see my interview with uh, FGCU swim coach Dave Bronze and, uh, and uh, all my latest and greatest content. So uh, joining us uh, for his uh, weekly contributions is the most will Miami Dolphin fan I know, my buddy Alex. Alex, uh, what was your heart rate doing in the uh, game yesterday? Man, I'll tell you what, that was a uh, it's an interesting game, man. Uh, first of all, nice to be back, Dylan. Always nice to be on here with you. Um, yeah, it was it was a game, that's for sure. You know, times looked really great, times looked not so great. Um, couple good drives there. Heart rate was definitely beaten. Uh, it looked like from our first offensive drive, we were just gonna control that whole game. But uh, you know, it's not necessarily how the NFL works, especially in a uh, in division game. So. Uh, you know, it's uh, we got the dub at the end of the day, and that's really all that matters. Number one in the AFC East, only uh, one and O team in the AFC East. So uh, it's a good week to be a Miami Dolphins fan. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, do you remember the last time Miami won its opener? Oh, we've talked about this before. Uh, <laughs> it's been a couple years, I know. Uh, it's ah, we talked about this on a, on a podcast a couple weeks ago. I can't even remember, but. Um, I know, I know we got it this year, you know, Tua is two and O as a starter against, uh, the new England Patriots and, uh, Brian Flores is now three and two against, uh, his former mentor, Bill Belichick, two of those wins coming in new England. So, uh, seems like it's a, uh, turn in the times and, uh, we finally have a competitive AFC East again. So, uh, it's uh, going to be a very exciting season to say the least. Yeah, we're looking going into the game. Did you feel confident Miami would win? I did. I, I felt very confident. You know, I will say my confidence went less and less as the game went on. Uh, Mac Jones looked a lot better than I expected him to be. Um, obviously, I mean, it was a lot of dink and dunk. They didn't really let him loose too often. I think his longest pass was that wheel route uh, uh, to the to the back on the right sideline. Uh, at least that I can remember that they completed. Um, but I was definitely very confident. Uh, obviously, them not having Stephon Gilmore was a big loss for their uh, defensive second secondary. And uh, I've just been very confident in the uh, offseason that the Dolphins have had. And um, But, you know, like I said, Mac Jones looked good. I think Patriots fans should be excited. I think he, they've got a good one there. Um, and he's learning under Bill Belichick, which, you know, it's got to be a plus for any uh, any young quarterback to be uh, learning under a mind like that. So I think Patriots fans do have a lot to be excited for. Fortunately, they weren't too excited uh, by the end of that game yesterday. But uh, yeah, no confidence was high going to the game. Uh, some pluses, some minuses. Um, but I think the confidence will continue to be high throughout the season, especially next week going into Buffalo. And um, I think the Dolphins are going to be a, a strong contender this year. Yeah, it was weird thinking thinking back to that game because Miami started each – Miami's first two possessions of each half went very well. You scored the t- touchdown in the first half, and then you scored the touchdown early in the second half. Two ran in from three yards, and then Jalen Warner caught a three-yard pass from 
from too early in the second half. Yeah, you know, it was definitely nice to see. I mean, obviously, those first drives of the half are pretty scripted. Um, I think most NFL teams pretty much have a, a blueprint of what they want to do when they start each half. Um, a couple, at least a certain number of plays lined up. Um, but it was nice to see him execute it. Unfortunately, I wish they would have executed a little bit better um, on the, the following drives of those halves. You know, it seems like those, those blueprinted drives, they, we really were able to, uh, to run those well and run those successfully. But, um, you know, the drives were great. It was great seeing Tua. Uh, I mean, that, that play-action boot uh, where he just ran around the right edge and practically walked into the end zone. It was a great play design. Nice to see him get in the end zone. Nice to see him be the guy who scores our first touchdown of the year. You know, he's obviously had a fair share of criti criticism throughout the uh, offseason in his short NFL career. And then, I mean, Jalen Waddle, what more can you ask for? Uh, your first your first round uh, draft pick, wide receiver scoring a touchdown on his NFL debut. So, like I said, it was definitely a lot of pluses for the Dolphins this week. Uh, a couple minuses, but that's all stuff we can work on. Yeah, Alabama quarterback to Alabama wide receiver. I bet that made Nick Saban happy. Yeah, right. I mean, he's you know he, he's Nick Saban in Alabama are known for uh, for churning out uh, NFL prospects. Quarterback position, not so much. But uh, it looks like Nick Saban has uh, two guys that might be able to uh, wipe that Alabama quarterback slate a little clean when it comes to the NFL. Yeah, speaking of Alabama quarterbacks, obviously, to uh, my, is Miami's guy. I mean, how did you think he played yesterday? Because, yeah, if you look at it number-wise, 16-27, 202 yards, one pass and touchdown, one rush and touchdown. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you saw the interception. Nah, it might have been the worst throw of the afternoon. Except yeah, the one that Rodgers threw, but we'll get him in, in a minute. Yeah, you know, um, I think overall he had a good game. You know, often the offense line did not help him. Um, the offensive line was pretty much putting defensive bodies in his face throughout the entire game. Normally he performs well in, uh, under the blitz. He was one of, I, I think he had the best stats in the NFL um, uh, for quarterbacks uh, performing on, uh, in blitz circumstances uh, last season. But, you know, with, with the offensive line getting a little manhandled, we've had some injury problems. Um, we had Austin Jackson hit the COVID list at the beginning of the week. So a little bit of a, a, a mix up there on the offensive line. I don't put it all into a, Obviously, the interception was terrible. It was a bad throw. He said after the game in the presser that he was trying to throw it away. You know, I mean, if that's the case, you got to throw that three rows deep in the stands. But you know, it's it was an unfortunate play. It's something that he can. Uh, but the, I mean, the good news is that's that's an easy mistake to learn from. Obviously, you're not going to want to just chuck the ball up. It was third down, so I get trying to make something happen. But with the ball and uh, with the ball at that position on the field and that close of a ball game with an division rival, you got to just chuck that ball deep into the stands. You can't try and make something happen there when he has a defensive player two inches from taking his head off. So. Uh, you know, obviously the interception was uh, was not something we enjoyed seeing, but um, definitely correctable, definitely fixable, definitely something uh, he will most likely never do again, at least I hope. But other than that, I think he played good. You know, uh, he's been knocked on a little bit in the past for his deep ball. He had a beautiful deep pass to Jalen Waddle down the left sideline, a beautiful deep pass to Devontae Parker, who did a great job of getting his toes tapped uh, to, to get that ball. I think it was a 30-yard completion down the right sideline. Yeah. Would have liked to see a little bit more from Mike Gusecki. I don't. I think we went without a catch the entire day. Three targets, I believe. 
But, Two bogeys, um, no catches, focus sicking. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously he wants to uh, – Waddle saw a lot of work. You want to try out the new toys. And uh, Devontae Parker just seemed like he had J.C. Jackson's number a little bit yesterday. So um, I think we'll see more of Gasicki in the future. Uh, I guess his number wasn't quite called on much today, but I think that will change coming up in the next coming weeks. But overall, solid performance from two uh, stuff to work on, stuff to improve on, stuff to learn from. But uh, I think it's a good first week of the season. And then you look at it, I mean, obviously, battle of Alabama quarterbacks. I think most would argue Mac Jones outplayed to a 29 39, 281 touchdown, 75.1 QBL. But uh, to me, the main difference was not Miami's offense, but as usual, Miami's defense, because you look at it, New England moved the ball on you a little more there. 200, almost 40 yards of offense, 125 on the ground, 268 through the air. But the big numbers to me are, one, Miami was two of two, two for two in the red zone. New yep. England went one for four. Correct. I mean, that's that, and I was going to, that was going to be one of my next points is that the red zone, the red zone was the defining factor of the game. Uh, if you watch the game, it's pretty easy to uh, to determine that. I mean, like you said, Miami two of two with two touchdowns, New England one of four. I mean, that those numbers speak for themselves. If you can't punch the ball, and, and that leads me to another point where when you say Mac Jones outplayed Tua, yeah, he probably did look better than Tua yesterday. However, a lot of those passes were underneath. A lot of those passes were dink and dunks. You know, we were kind of giving them those those underneath. Uh, Pass plays, and you just got to make a play at that point where uh, credit to the New England skill players. You know, they made some guys miss, and they got some chunks of yardage. But I don't think Bill Belichick really gave Mac Jones the reins. Um, I don't think he uh, let him take too many chances or uh, try and make something happen. It seemed like he was kind of uh, limiting his, uh, his, his arsenal, if you will. But, um, you know... It's 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 the NFL. He's a rookie. I mean, it's his first game. You got to kind of play it. I mean, I guess Bill Belichick thought playing it safe was the way to go, but you can't win football games playing it safe. I think uh, uh, Mac Jones had a better had better protection throughout the entire game, and uh, he did throw well under distress. I mean, he he did have a couple of Dolphins players in his face throughout a large portion of the game, and he seemed to be able to get the ball out of there and on target uh, for the most part, but. You know, I think Tua took some more chances. Some of them paid off. Obviously, the one big one didn't. I don't think Mac Jones took too many chances. And you can dink and dunk it all around the field, all across the field. But when you get to the red zone, you can't dink and dunk it anymore. And I think that's kind of what shot New England in the foot, was not being able to take that chance. So, uh, obviously, Xavier Howard, i got to give a big shout-out to him. Um, you know, people are questioning whether Miami should pay him or not. You pay your best player on your team. Simple as that. He's, uh, he's on the team to make plays. He's on the team to win football games. And he's on the team to get to, to uh, give the ball to the offense. And that's exactly what he did when it counted. And Xavier uh, Howard was probably uh, obviously played the game with that forced fumble and uh, very happy. And I'm sure all Miami Dolphin fans are very happy to see Xavier Howard wearing aqua and orange this year. I'm just saying, I think Xavier Howard, I, I think too old Xavier Howard, uh, a beer after what he did in stripping Damian Harris on that last drive. Yeah, great players make great plays. You know that's what they're. That's why they're in the team. That's what they do. 
And, uh, you know, even so, with the way New England was converting in the red zone, even if they, even if he doesn't force that fumble, I still think we hold them to a field goal. And I think Tua goes down. We've got one of the best long-range kickers in the NFL. I think if they kicked that field goal and gave us a minute, minute 15, minute and a half left, I still think Miami drives down and gets at least a field goal uh, opportunity to win that game. And I think Jason Sanders would put that through. Still giving credit to Xavier Howard. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm confident in our ability to go about 40, 50 yards if we needed to and get in uh, Jason Sanders' range, which, isn't, which is, doesn't have to be that far down the field. Yeah, if you put if you just put him on the field, he, Jason Sanders could kick it from like sixty yards or so. Yeah, fortunately we didn't have to worry about that yesterday, but uh, it's nice that it's nice to know we've got. Him. But uh, you know, I think uh, enough talking about the successes of my team. I think uh, you know, speaking of Mac Jones, rookie quarterback <laughs> in his first game, there was another rookie quarterback who uh, who played his first game of his NFL career. You're looking a little red, Dylan. I don't know what's going on, but. Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't quite to see how see how much see much of the game. How did how did Trevor Lawrence do yesterday, buddy? Hey, but hey, hey! I went for a run this morning. What are you talking about? <laughs> Look, I mean Jacksonville, obviously uh, disappointing first week of the season. You go down to an in division rival to the Texans, thirty-seven twenty-one. Um, you know, give me give me your reaction from the game. What did you like? What did you not like? I'm, there's probably more you didn't like than you liked. But uh, what are your what are your takeaways from week one? Here's what I call yesterday's game: good, bad, and ugly. Good. I think the, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine. I'm not worried about the three interceptions. Peyton Manning threw three interceptions in in his NFL debut. Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine. Yeah. But the Jaguars have got a lot of work to do. I mean, yesterday was embarrassing. You should not lose the Houston freaking Texans. Trying out loud. I mean, yesterday was pitiful. I mean, the Houston Texans ran for 160 yards. 160 yards. And by the way, did you see? By the way. You see Houston backfield yesterday? I think it was Mark Ingram, Phil Lindsay, and David Johnson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, honestly, I, I, I saw, uh, I saw Houston as my worst team in the league this year. I did too. And uh, you know, after yesterday, you know, Tyrod Taylor. I will give credit to Tyrod Taylor because when he was in Buffalo. He would, I mean, Miami's always been terrible against defending mobile quarterbacks, but Tyrod Taylor would tear it up every single time he played Miami. He's a, he's a decent little quarterback. He's better than I think a lot of people give him credit for. But, you know. He might be, he might be better than that quarterback in New York right now. And I don't mean Zach Wilson. I mean the other quarterback in New York. Yeah, Daniel Jones. I think I think the Giants might be needed and look somewhere else for the future on that one. Maybe uh, maybe uh, Chapel Hill or that Northern Oklahoma, but we'll save that. Yeah, you know, I will say this about uh, about Jacksonville yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, To your point about um, Trevor Lawrence being fine. I think you're right about that. I, I I don't think that this is a we're drowning and there's no chance of survival situation for Jacksonville. It might be an ugly year. It probably will be an ugly year, uh, but he will get better. He will improve throughout this season alone. But uh, I think especially going into the next season, the next couple of seasons, I do think you're I, I do think you're right. I think he will be fine. And honestly, 
you know, I I've never been a big fan of college coaches coming to the NFL game. And uh, it just doesn't seem like it, it. It's such a completely different universe, uh, college football versus the NFL. I obviously used to be a big urban Meyer Meyer fan growing up as a Gators fan. Um, and I was definitely really interested to see how he, how he handled Trevor, Wil- Trevor, Trevor Wilson, Trevor Lawrence in this uh, week one opener. And I have to say, you know, I respect Urban Meyer, the way he played Trevor Lawrence, almost a little bit more than the way Bill Belichick played Mac Jones yesterday. Because like I said in the last segment, I mean, Mac Jones just played it safe. I mean, it seemed like they didn't want him to take any chances. Obviously, you're going up against a great secondary in Miami. You probably don't want to take those chances. But at least with Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars, they let Trevor Lawrence throw the ball. You throw three interceptions. That sucks. You know, you never want to see that. But at least you're taking those chances downfield. You're giving him an opportunity to learn on the like as the game goes on. Uh, and he still threw three touchdown passes. I mean, that that touchdown, I think it was the third one. Uh, that beautiful dart down the right sideline. That was a great pass. And I mean, the the mistakes, obviously, he's going to learn from the mistakes. Obviously, they're going to walk uh, work on in uh, film sessions and a practice. But just the fact that Urban Meyer allowed him to kind of throw, sling the ball around and, and, and take those chances and learn as you're playing, I think is a, is a, is a good strategy to handle him. And uh, like, like you said, I think, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine. You know, James Robinson having the ball bounce straight off his fingertips uh, on an easy little dump off pass, that might be something you got to work on a little bit harder in practice, I think. Well, let, well, let's just say this. James Robinson probably calls a few people not just money, but their fantasy – Week one with his uh, five carries for 25 yards yesterday and three catches for 29 yards. So for my math, that would be 54 total yards. And then if you, you've got PPR scoring, that would either be 6.9 or 8.4 points. Oops. Yeah, uh, I've got a couple of shares of James Robinson, so I was not too happy about that stat line myself. Let's just say I was using James Robinson on more than one DFS team yesterday. Yeah, you know, um, it's definitely – and the scariest part about that is they're playing the Houston Texans. It's not like they're playing the Washington football team with Chase Young on the other side or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with, with Dominic and Sue on the other side. I mean, Or the L.A. Rams with Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, right. I mean, you're, you're not playing – a powerhouse juggernaut team. And I think that's the biggest concern for the Jaguars right now, but I think, and I don't, I don't necessarily speak for Jaguars fans. Obviously you would have a little bit more of that privilege than me, but it's, it's gotta, this season's gotta seem as an experimental trial. See what we've got with these guys. Maybe not necessarily worry about how many wins you get this season, but more worry about the performance of the team and trying to get better as a franchise for the future. Because if you're, if you're, if you're drop letting the Houston Texans drop 37 points on you and uh, you can't keep up with that team, it might be uh, time to start thinking about what we can do to uh, better just to get our players acclimated and uh, in tune with what we're trying to run as a Jaguars organization, and maybe I've got, I've got an idea. Figure out how you get a dang defense on the field. Yeah, and you know, Jacksonville, Jacksonville has had plenty of 
strong defensive players throughout the years. I mean, it almost seems like the Marlins where the Miami Marlins of baseball, where they develop these great players and then they ship them off to Boston or, or all across the country and let them be stars somewhere else. So, I mean, obviously Jalen Ramsey, Clayus Campbell are two examples of that. It'd be nice to have them on the, Clayus Campbell is not with the Jaguars anymore, correct? Or is he still? Uh, I think he's with Baltimore. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, you know, whether that's high salary cap or what, I mean, you're getting these these great defensive players, probably be pretty nice to have them uh, on a team with a rookie quarterback. But, you know, that's just me. All right. So now we switch from week one to a little bit of a week two preview. And, uh, your Dolphins have got a date with Josh Allen and the Bills, so uh, potentially two in the division. The, my Jags are welcoming the Denver Broncos to Jacksonville this weekend. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be tough. You've got another AFC showdown this weekend, and uh, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, we get, we got Houston week one and then Von Miller and <laughs> Von Miller and company next week. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. You definitely, uh, you know, you definitely don't like to lose that week one going into uh, Von Miller and the Broncos defense. That's for sure. Um, I'm just saying, I could think of easier defensive matchups than Von Miller. Yeah, probably Houston, but you know. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> you sorry about that little dig, but uh, you know, as far as Buffalo goes, you know. They didn't look great against against Pittsburgh. You know, we were talking a little bit before we started that offensive line to Josh Allen, no favors. Um, you know, I'd love to see it. Um, thank you, Pittsburgh, for hopefully showing us a uh, blueprint, giving us a blueprint on how to beat the uh, Buffalo Bills. You know, obviously, I am more confident now than I was probably in preseason or in the offseason about that week two matchup. I mean, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is a weird football team. I mean, obviously, last year that I believe they yeah, I know they were the last undefeated team. And then all of a sudden that team just fell apart at the seams and lost what, five straight football games. Um, so Pittsburgh's a weird team. You know, it's kind of hard to uh, quite tell exactly what you're going to get from them. So it's, it's, you never, it's, uh, it does seem like they're uh, hopefully looking for their case, at least looking a little bit more like the beginning of the season that they had last year, as opposed to the end of it. But uh, the Buffalo Bills, you know, I mean, they're supposedly supposed to be one of the one of the Super Bowl contenders for the AFC uh, for the AFC this year. Didn't quite look like it yesterday. I hope they keep it up next week. Um, I think Miami, like I said, has a lot to improve on from last week, but uh, uh, it's it's definitely got to be a little bit more promising in the eyes of Brian Flores, seeing uh, Buffalo come into that game zero and one, and us coming in one and zero. So. You know, it's a great opportunity. I mean, it's a huge it's it's a huge opportunity for the Miami Dolphins, to be honest. Uh, I mean, to go two and out to start this season with two division uh, wins, one a road win against New England. I mean, it's all you can ask for, honestly. And and uh, I think the Dolphins are gonna are obviously they know the situation. They know going two o two and o to start the season against two division rivals is a huge would be a huge advantage and a huge step to uh, securing a playoff division and a, a playoff, a playoff position. And I mean, if they beat new England and Buffalo in week two, sweep the jets. I mean, that, that, that sounds like a, a AFC East title, at least uh, the makings of one to me. So it's a big game. It's a huge game for Miami. It's, it's a huge game for Buffalo too, because to, if they go zero and two, that's going to be really, it's going to be a tough spot to come back from, especially with the division loss, but I'm excited for it. I, I think obviously, um, 
the Miami Dolphins are probably going to be a little uh, vengeful because of the absolute beatdown we received in Buffalo to finish the season last year. So, I mean, teams play teams play harder when they've got something to play for. Obviously, I mean, we talked about it, even, and that goes across all sports. We talked about it with Denmark and the Euros, I mean, with Ericsson. I mean, I don't think most people anticipated Denmark to go as far in the Euros as they did, but they were playing for Christian Ericsson. Miami's playing to avenge that 57. I don't I lost count of how many how many points Buffalo put up on us last week last year. So uh I think they're gonna use a little bit of that to motivate themselves. You know, obviously a lot of the players are uh in the locker room are returning from last year. And um, you know, with that with that, with a, a blueprint of how to beat Buffalo, hopefully they can use that. Brian Flores can use that, and Miami goes 2-0 to start the year. Yeah, so now we switch from our favorite teams around the league, and uh, we're talking about uh, some good and not so good performances yesterday. Uh, good performances. Uh, did anybody see Arizona's beatdown in the Tennessee Titans, thirty-eight to thirteen? Like I knew there'd be a shootout in Nashville, I just didn't think it'd be. Just didn't think it'd only be one team scoring all the points. I thought it'd be both teams. I, I know. I mean, I agree with you there. Those were those are two NFL teams who I think a lot of teams see at least as Super Bowl contenders, maybe not necessarily Super Bowl favorites. But I mean, I had Tennessee as my Super Bowl pick and uh, credit to Arizona. I mean, they played a, a heck of a ball game on offense, on defense. You know, the Kyler Kyler Murray to uh, to DeAndre Hopkins connection was on money all day long. Chandler Chandler Jones, five individual sacks is ridiculous. I mean, Arizona just completely shut Tennessee down. Yeah, and by the way, here's an interesting stat line from the game. I'm not sure we call Arizona's defense that great. Let me see if I can get this. Derrick Henry rushed 17 times for 58 yards. That's crazy. I mean, he he is the human wrecking ball, and to limit him to, to that – short amount of yardage on the ground is just it's it's impressive from arizona's perspective to be honest with you by the way you will not believe who's leading the, who led the titans in receiving yards yesterday uh, you would not believe who led the titans in receiving yards yesterday i i i know it wasn't julio jones because i have him on a fantasy team and he did not do much for me considering your question i'm assuming it's probably not aj brown Nope. <laughs> uh, it's not Jonu Smith because he was catching passes from Mac Jones yesterday. Hit me with it. You want a hint? Uh, yeah, go Played for it. with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I don't know. Chester Rogers. Chester Rogers. You got him on your fantasy team, Dylan. and you start him in any of your leagues this week? I actually, be honest, I should I played him in a showdown in a tight call no tight end showdown yesterday. Oh, there you go. Hopefully you did pretty good in well, that one. Hundred bucks. Nice. Look at you, Dylan. Well done. Good stuff there. Chester, Chester Rogers is the uh is your sleeper waiver wire pickup of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But uh, speaking of bad performances, like the uh, Tennessee speaking Titans, speak, I was just thinking. I was just thinking. Speaking of Mister Rogers, speaking of Mister Rogers, that's a better segue. I like that. 
the Green Bay Packers, I mean, I don't know if they are allergic to the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium or I or maybe Aaron Rodgers re-signed with the, or not re-signed, but returned to the Green Bay Packers as a final middle finger to them. And he's just planning on self-sabotaging that team this year because I don't know if I've ever seen the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback play as bad as they did yesterday. That might have been the worst game I have ever seen Aaron Rodgers and the Packers play. They showed no energy, no effort, no heart, no skill, no talent. They did not want to be. I'm like, I'm like, the Packers remember the game was in Jacksonville, not New Orleans. I have no words. I mean, I I figured as long as Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay, then they are going to be a strong football team. I don't know if this was just a fluke. I don't know. I, I don't know if 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 Aaron Rodgers maybe ate some some spoiled something for breakfast, or I don't know what's going on in Green Bay right now. But if they don't fix that quick, there is going to be a lot because you know Green Bay Packers fans are passionate. And fortunately for them, they've had a lot of success over the years, and that passion has led to praise and happiness and support. But if any, if their season looks anything like it did yesterday, those passionate Green Bay Packers fans are going to look like Eagles fans on Christmas. It, I mean, wait a minute. You mean that you mean instead of you mean there's throw cheese sets at Santa Claus? Yeah, uh, I mean Santa Claus, Aaron Rodgers, uh, pick one because. You can't be losing 38 to three against Jameis Winston. I'm sorry. I mean, man, I, I mean, credit to Jameis Winston. I guess he deserves it. I mean, you squat, you throw for five touchdowns. What was the stat line? 14 to 20, 148 yards. He didn't have too many yards, but five touchdown passes. I mean, Aaron Rodgers would have taken that stat line. So, I mean, credit to the Saints, but I mean, it's just a big fat L in Green Bay this weekend. That's for sure. I mean, they were all losses, and they were all losses. Like, like I know Browns fans are upset, but you're not going to win an arrowhead that much with Mahomes in September. I mean, Green Bay losing 38-3 yesterday, confused, befuddled, shocked, stupefied me. I mean, they had 43 total rushing yards. A.J. Dillon, four carries for 19 yards. Hill, I don't even know who that is, honestly. K. Hill, five rushes for 14 yards. Aaron Jones, five rushes for nine yards. And Randall Cobb, one rush for one yard. I mean, that Green Bay run, rushing attack, I mean, that Aaron, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon combo is supposed to be one of the nicest little two-back duos in the NFL. But you're putting up a combined 28 yards on nine carries. I could have gotten more yards than that in a full fo- game of football. I mean, that's I, – I, I'll tell you what. I feel bad for any Packers fans out there. I've got a good buddy who's a Packers fan. I, I didn't even text him. I, I was – I thought about messaging him, and I was like, you know what? He's been through enough today. I'm just going to let this one be because I couldn't imagine being in their shoes right now. I, I've got a fr- – I've got a good friend who's a huge Packers fan. I thought I thought about tweeting him and saying uh, – and saying you could have done better than Mr. Rogers, but maybe, maybe Mr. Rogers was answering like, what is to how to play quarterback, not throwing it to the other team. 
Yeah, I mean, he spent a little bit too much time on Jeopardy instead of studying the Saints defense, apparently, because that's that's not what you want to see if you're a Green Bay Packers fan. I mean, get the Taylor Heineke, who did not even start the game for the Washington football team, outplayed Aaron Rodgers yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you could pretty much pick a quarterback on any team in the league yesterday, win or loss, and they probably, I mean, maybe exception Matt Ryan, but... Yeah. I, I I would take Trevor Lawrence's performance over over Aaron Rodgers. At least he threw for three touchdowns. I mean, Aaron Rodgers' QPR yesterday was 13.5. 13.5? Yeah, that about sums it up, huh? I'm just saying, on a zero to 100, that would be like that would be like a, using a com, college terminology. What would a 13.5 out of 100 be? That is an F minus, 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 minus. I mean, that is a, you need to go, they're doing sprints on Monday average. <laughs> by the way, by the way, Jameis Winston's QBR and Jameis is not known as the most accurate quarterback. Jameis got a 92.5. Just saying, one got a nine, the non-accurate QB got a 92.5 and Rodgers got a 13. I, there's yeah i mean they've got to fix they've got to find out what that problem is and fix it because we've got an extra game this season so if, if we got 17 games you you if you play like that we've won you better get your stuff figured out because it's going to be a long season if you can't get that figured out i mean fortunately for them they've got the detroit lions next week uh, they all, it's also a Monday night game, so they've got an extra day to prepare for them. Obviously, the Detroit Lions have been, I mean, to put it bluntly, the laughing stock of the NFL over the past history of the team. But, um, you know, hopefully they can figure that out because, you know, it's 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 a Dan Campbell Detroit Lions. And uh, obviously we know they went 0-1, but, you know, it might – it might not be as big of a pushover uh, as they have been in the past. And uh, Aaron Rodgers better be careful because uh, Dan Campbell might be biting his knees off if, uh, if he's not too careful next week. I'm just saying DeAndre, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, hey, Jamal Williams revenge game next week. He might be looking forward to his old mates. You're right. I mean, Detroit, I mean, it, they were, they lost a one-possession game against the 49ers, and a lot of people have the 49ers in the Super Bowl this year. Jamal Williams, I I – was I have been shipping him on fantasy for for months now he's been he's been a guy I've been targeting in every single fantasy football league I can get him in and uh you know next week I might start him over a couple of uh of guys who might typically be in the starting position because like you said revenge game against the Packers with the way the Packers look this week heard it here first Jamal Williams RB2 this week I think Maybe RB2 with upside I think Swift and Jamal Williams were like two of the top running backs yesterday yeah, I mean, they played a good game. I, Jamal Williams accumulated plenty of fantasy football points on my bench this week. Um, so, you know, obviously I uh, kind of wish I would have seen that one coming. I, I, I'd been a fan of him, but I was I, I figured I might be using him a little bit later in the year. But uh, it, props to the Lions. You know, they stuck with a good 49ers team. And uh, who knows the way it looks. They might they might be favored against Green Bay next week. <laughs> I'm just saying. Then talk about talk about the NFC North going zero and four. I mean, zero and four and uh, two. Well, I mean, Detroit didn't embarrass himself. I mean, 
Chicago, well, yeah, that's another story. Yeah. And Minnesota lost a heartbreaker in overtime to the Bengals. Yeah. Hey, look, Jamar Chase can catch. How about that? Hey, he fights. Hey, there's a, there's a plus. Claps for Jamar Chase. Alabama, Alabama. How about LSU? How about Bayou Bengal the Bayou Bengal? Yeah, I think uh, I think Card- uh, Cardinals. I think Bengals fans breathed this huge sigh of relief when they saw him running down that that uh, sideline and brought that pass in. Because you know when you when you have a wide receiver that you draft in the top ten picks of the first round, and he says that it's a little it, it's harder to catch the NFL football because he it doesn't have the white stripes on the ball. Can't make you feel too confident about the upcoming season, but but props to Jamar Chase for being able to catch the football. I'm proud of him. Yeah, just just hope he can catch it every week because the Bengals got themselves a good little receiving trio with Chase, T. Higgins, Mr. Boyd, and then Joe Mixon in the backfield. Yeah, you know, it's uh, if that team can stay healthy, you know, I mean, it's it they it seems like they're on the way up. That division is a it's a pretty tough division, but it's kind of up in the air. There's not really a I don't think a a huge favorite in that division. It's a good division, but you know, anything can happen there. So who knows? I mean, if Cincinnati stays healthy and all those weapons keep performing, I mean, who's to say they can't challenge Baltimore or Pittsburgh or uh, Cleveland for that, for that division. If the Cincinnati Bengals win the AMC North this year, I would do something crazy. The Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it, they're, they're, I think there's a bright future there for them. And uh, uh, I think this, this week was a, uh, was a nice start to uh, get that get that season rolling. So thanks for hopping on the podcast, Alice. We're glad you're back. And uh, if you want to see more, see next week's edition, hop on to the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks for having me, as always, Dylan. Fins up. We can't wait for week.